Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. This is Doc here. I hope that your Sunday or whatever day that you're listening in is a beautiful day. All green lights, health, happiness, and well-being to you and yours. So let's start this show off. We want to start off by first saying a rest in peace to both Chris Bozeman, a young up-and-coming actor who did some great roles. I don't know what they're going to do as far as uh, Wakanda and uh, Black Panther from here on out. And I also want to say a rest in peace to Mr. Clifford Robinson, uh, one of the guys who started the whole Connecticut men's basketball thing. Before him, nobody knew who the Huskers were. He put them on the map. This was in the height of the uh, uh, Big East tournament. Big East was a big deal. You had Patrick. You had all those kind of guys, Chris Mullins, Derek Coleman. I mean, it was a big deal. He put Connecticut in the mix. He made them somebody to talk about. He played 18 years in the NBA, went to a couple of finals. I believe he won a six-man of the year award. He made an all-star team. So my heart goes out to both the Bozeman and Robinson families. I wish them well. I wish both Mr. Bozeman and Mr. Robinson a safe journey into the next world, to the next life. So now let's briefly talk about the coronavirus. I'm not going to bang you in the head with the coronavirus, but I just want to bring it up just to give you the numbers to see where we are sitting at today because I've given an update on the coronavirus every single show, so I cannot do it this show. We have topped 25 million cases worldwide with 841 deaths worldwide. The United States of America has 6 million cases and 182,000 deaths as we speak. Uh, I wish that we were working harder to get some kind of cure, some kind of vaccine. I wish that we wouldn't have so many cases pop up like the University of Alabama where they said there might be 1,200 kids. I mean, these are young people, and I know and I hope that they have the systems to recover, but we do not still know what is the long-term damage that this virus does to you. Does it do something to you vascularly? Does it do something to you cardiovascularly? Does it do something to your brain, your organs, your, you know, your joints, your tendons? We do not know, and I'm hoping for the best. I'm always hoping for the best in this situation, but we also have to be realists. Pain is pain, and suffering is suffering. And if you don't have to go through any form of pain, or you do not have to go through any form of suffering, and you can protect yourself by just wearing a mask, staying clean, and not touching what you shouldn't be touching, then please do so. So I'm going to basically leave that alone. Now, I also, my heart also goes out to the people of Louisiana. Once again, a hurricane, this time Hurricane Laura, she comes through there and she hits them hard. Category four hurricane. Nine over nine hundred thousand homes and businesses are without power. Build businesses are destroyed. People being misplaced. Uh, you know, food will become scarce and things of that nature. Who we got calling in? Good morning. This is Bones. Good to hear from you, Bones. How you doing today? Great, sir. Fantastic. And yourself. 
Oh, I'm I'm good, man. I'm breathing. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just talking about Hurricane Laura and the yes. damage that she has done. Uh, you know, we have enough going on in the world, but nature is not something that disappears because we have things going on in our world. And hopefully this is going to be the last of the big storms that hits any land in the United States of America or anywhere around the world. And I'm hoping that this guy, Trump, actually for once lives up to the words that come out of his mouth and that he gives them all the federal support, FEMA support, financial support, and means so that these people can dig themselves out of, it seems like a hole that Louisiana goes through every single year when one of these storms come through. Absolutely. You know, I feel I feel absolutely horrible that they've been going through this since Katrina and probably before. I mean, if I was a Louisiana, Louisiana, I, I would probably have definitely jumped ship and moved out of that state a long time ago, man. That's just oh, me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I understand that they have a culture like no other. You know, a lot of America doesn't have like this ingrained culture that's like in your bloodline. But Louisiana, if you've ever been to Louisiana, they live different than most Americans. Philadelphia has a direct culture, especially black people from Philadelphia. Texas has a culture. Not a lot of states have cultures, but Louisiana is at the top of the food chain when it comes to like a different culture. You know, Think about how they celebrate funerals. They celebrate funerals. Every, you know, other yeah. people go to wakes and cry. They have bands in the streets. So, you know, they, they're a different type. You know, I, I, I appreciate Louisianans. I mean, it's too muggy and hot for me there anyway. I'm not a big fan of their food. I'm not going to sit here and job anybody. I do not think that Louisiana cooking is the greatest. You know, you can have your etouffees and stuff. It's just not for me, gumbo. But, you know, I just wish them the best. Now, we, we got a major problem here, Bones. The food insecurity for children. They say that one in six children are not eating. One in six children. So we have now back to school. Have you made full decisions on what's going to happen in your household as far as back to school is going? Yes. Um was four that are going and one has to go to school every day because he's a special needs student. So he has to go five days. So basically, basically what that means is that when he's a special needs student, he would, uh, he can't benefit from, um, homeschooling, homeschooling because he needs someone there to help him. And I have a niece going to high school, so she's going to go one week on one week off. And the other two, we're just going to do uh, one semester. They'll do the remote learning. Okay. Because this is a big deal. I mean, we, we're down to the wire for people to make decisions. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to be opening on time or not. I mean, I have no kids here that I have to think about like that. I uh, The people in my family, their children are very young, so I believe that most of them are going to all do remote learning. Because we're talking kids six and under. So they're going to do basically remote learning. 
but that's just, you know, I mean, I don't, everybody yeah. else is already out of college in my family. We're not a very, very, very young family. We're not a very old family, but we don't have that mid-ground where there's a lot of uh, teenagers, you know, right. or, or uh, say junior high school age kids. They're, they're just not like in my family. So before I even get to Jacob Blake, because Jacob Blake is big, I want to speak about this guy, Bryant Fair. He's 39 years old. He's in Burlington, Texas. He's a, a father of six. He goes to the ATM, and he is being harassed by these police officers where they want him to prove that the credit cards in his wallet belongs to him. Oh. I mean, I, it was three police officers. Okay, I understand. He put the wrong pen in a machine. Now, how this got to the attention of the store clerk I do not know. I don't even know why the store clerk was clocking him. I myself have used the wrong pin number. I don't. Yes. I don't usually do it, but it can happen. And to have the police and what really upset me about how the police handled the situation was they told him, basically, you have too many credit cards. Like he didn't have the right. They were counting. He's like, you got 10 credit cards. He didn't have the right in America in 2020 to be doing well enough to carry 10 credit cards. If he had 52 credit cards, what business is it of theirs? Wow. I didn't hear about that case. Wow. Yes, it, it, it happened, and it definitely did happen, and it happened this week. It, actually, it happened on August 12th. But sometimes it takes these things like a week or so to become viral. They get passed around. They get passed around. And then eventually we see them. And you know what? I I, I don't think it was fair what Mr. Fair had to go through or Fryer had to go through. You know, and, and it was disgusting. So this week we had the RNC bones. We had the RNC. And a lot of people spoke. You know, Herschel Walker spoke. Who cared? The Trump family mm-hmm. spoke. Who cared? Matter of fact, there were six people who spoke at the RNC, and six of them were relatives of the Trumps or Trump themselves. But the person who disturbed me that spoke the most at the RNC, and he got a lot of credit for speaking, was, what is this guy's name? I got to give me one second, please. There is the guy who is handling the Brianna Taylor case. Oh, that's and the attorney general. That's right. The oh. attorney general spoke at the RNC, and I found that to be quite disturbing to me because I'm saying to myself, how could this man speak at the RNC when he kind of knows what everything there is about? And how it's going to be perceived, especially since nothing has moved forward with the Brianna Taylor case. You know, I understand he, he trotted out blacks for Trump. I mean, you know he's going to do that. He took advantage of some poor uh, people that got their citizenship. They didn't know that they were going to be paraded on stage. You know, and it just happens. 
And I got his name. His name is Daniel Cameron. Sorry it took me so long, people, to come up with that. But he's in charge of the Breonna Taylor case. And he decides to speak. I think this was a time where he could have backed down from political, um, anything political, especially since he's got big fish to fry. The eyes, the black nation's eyes and decent white people's eyes are on him. They are on him because this thing seems to be stuck in the mud like it's going nowhere. No matter how much we... No matter how much bones we speak Brianna Taylor's name, from the highest high to the lowest low, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And it's quite disturbing. Oh, and, and let me not forget, not only did six people speak who were Trump-related, we had a Trump son-girlfriend speak. So it was a family affair. And no knock to slide the family stone, but they did a family affair and made it seem like people were behind him. You know, so we have this woman. Her name is Nikki Haley. She was the former United Nations ambassador, and she stood in front of the country at the Republican National Convention and said that America is not a racist country. (laughs) I'm blown away, man. Very much so. I'm blown away. If you are a successful white woman and you might have come from a household that had some a hand up already, meaning you didn't come from trailer, you didn't come, you know, your daddy went to college, your mother went to college, and you came from what we call pretty good stock, for lack of a better word. No, the country isn't racist to you. But when was the last time you spoke to Shaquan? Ask Saquon what America is like, you know? Speak to somebody like me and ask me, how do I feel in America? Okay, somebody just called in. Who we got? It's Net Boy. Hey, Net, what's going on? Well, and everything. Is, Everything's good. Fantastic. And this is perfect time what's for up, me Bones? to say Bones, you heard him? Yeah, yeah. Good morning, brother. Great. Okay, so Miss Nikki Haley, America's not racist. Now, I had to think about this before we get, and I'm glad Bone, I mean, I'm glad Ned called in, before we get to Mr. Blake. I have spent this whole entire week reevaluating because of how racist America is and how scary America can be. I have reevaluated if I want to legally carry a firearm everywhere I go. I mean, I am in deep debate with myself. This is something that me and my wife have sat down daily and went of the pros and cons of is this even a viable choice anymore for me? Is this something that I want to even do? And you know what? I'm waiting for a license to come from Virginia. I might take that license that I get from Virginia and cut it up because I I feel unsafe. Don't tell me, Miss Haley, that America is not racist. I'm being judged on the color of my skin every time I do anything. And I know that doesn't affect everybody, you know, especially when it comes to 
you know, carrying a firearm. Now, will I keep them in my home? You're damn right. That's a whole different ball game. But I really don't feel comfortable being stopped in a car. And I got to tell a cop that I have a, a fucking loaded weapon in the car. What is going to happen to yeah, me? How, how, how is that going to end up? Exactly what happened to Philando Castile. He followed the book. Yeah, it's like, okay, somebody gave me some good advice on that. First of all, you have a firearm in the car. The first thing you do is not only do you hand over your you know, when they want your driver's license, registration and insurance, you also have to hand them your carry license. You must do that now. So he already has it in his hand. So he looks at it and he's going to assume, okay, this this person is telling me there might be a firearm in this car. But see, my thing is this. It's just like somebody brought up, I, I forget if it was one of the NBA players, it could have been LeBron. Suppose he's having a bad day. He had a fight or breakup. Now he's going to, you know, what do I do? I don't feel like I'm under any threat. I don't, I don't, I'm not around a weapon because I feel danger. It's to prevent danger from happening to me. You know the old saying, would you rather get judged by 12 or carry by six? And that's what a, a gun does. It gives you the option of saying, maybe I'll get judged by the 12 instead of carried by the six. But, I mean, I still haven't come to a conclusion yet. And this is, I'm sure I'm not the only black man out there who's thinking about this. And I'm quite used to this. I'm used to it now. So that would be like taking something from me that that I'm quite used to, you know? So let's talk about Mr. Jacob Blake. Well, for those of you who've been on Mars, he's a 29-year-old black man from Kenosha, Wisconsin, who was shot in the back seven times by this Rooston Sheekly, Officer Rooston Sheekly, where we had to wake up another morning and see this nightmare. Anybody want to take the floor on Mr. Blake? Um, Jacob Blake. You know, um... In, in law enforcement training, you know, you're supposed to use the most lethal forces possible before it escalates to deadly physical force, which is the last resort. So we didn't see, uh, they claimed that there was a fight that ensued prior to him being shot. So it seemed like it was multiple officers that was fighting him, uh, trying to subdue him, and they claimed that he was tased twice. Um, but when he, what, what, struck me was when he got up and started walking away. It wasn't a fast pace. It seemed like he was just walking to get to the car. The officer already had his, his firearm out. Um, it's multiple officers. Where's the, you, you have cartridges for your tasers. So he could have been tased again. He could have been tased. They could use chemical agents or he could have tackled him. There's no way that, you, that anybody is going back to the other side of the vehicle. Because you don't know what anyone has in the vehicle, but there's no way you're making it. We just we just fought. Our adrenaline is rushing. Ain't no way you 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 you. And I'm and I'm just made in my head that I'm going to arrest you. That you're getting that you're going anywhere. So when he got shot in the back in the back, that's like that's a 
fucking coward. There's no way to put it. That's a goddamn coward right there. Coward. And you shoot him seven times? Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Mm. They need to be arrested. It's been well over a week now. Yeah, and they need to burn that city down. Oh, and you know, <clears throat> burn that bitch down. You know. Yeah, you know what? Actually, Bones, it's ironic that you say that. The name of this show is called America on Fire. And does she deserve it? I um, I, I Ned, you can go or I can go. It's a, it's your call. Uh, no, I'm just gonna. It's gonna be real quick. I agree with Bones. Um, the only thing that I saw from the video that I didn't watch to the shooting part because I get tired of. But I don't recall the other cops having their gun now. One of them did. And I, yeah, I know the one that shot him had his gun out. The other, I'm talking about the other cops. Yeah, one other cop standing nearby did also. Okay, but was, was it pointed in his direction? Because this the first. No, no, just out. I don't even know. To if me, he... I'm I'm judging the risk factor. You would think if the risk was really high, everyone would have pulled their guns out. Everyone would have fired. Right. How many times have we seen once one cop fired, everyone's fired because they don't supposedly know where the bullets are coming from or who fired first? So I'm just trying to figure out what. Was the risk factor really that high for him to shoot? First off, you shoot him seven times in the back. That's insane to me. And I know what they're going to say. Oh, he was reaching for something. That's going to be the that's going to be the defense side. Or he was reaching for something. So you was already pulling at his shirt, and then you let go not one but seven times in the back, and no one else fired. So I'm like, that's where I'm at. Where was the risk factor? At? I have to ask, before I say anything, I have to ask Bones a question. Because I haven't even really noticed this. Do officers still carry those, like, batons? Those, maybe even those little metal batons that they could pop out? Yeah, they still carry. Gone? No, no, no. It's still there. Okay. It's still there. Different cities have different um, versions of a baton, whether it's a, you know, the, like we called them back in the days, we heard of billy clubs or a baton or asp, which is the one that you press a button and it pops out. But they all still okay. carry some form of a, you know, and, the, and then that and that also, too, is used to in lieu of deadly physical force. Okay, so because that question has been answered to my satisfaction, he is walking behind Mr. Blake. He pops out his billy club, his nightstick, whatever the fuck you want to call this thing. No man usually, unless he is mentally deranged, you pop him in the back of the knee two or three times, he falls to the ground. That's normal. That's just the way we're built. When you clip somebody in the back of their knee, they won't be able to stand. Then you can subdue him three on one. This, to me, was a public, another public lynching. When I seen this video, unlike you, Annette, I have to watch these in totality because I have to see the sickness. I have to feel the pain. I must know if I am supporting the burning, if I am supporting the anger 
I must myself be angry. And I am angry. I am disappointed. I am heartbroken. Like I said, this shit is making me reevaluate things in my personal life because it does not stop. George Floyd happened months ago. Since George Floyd, we have had 20 more incidents of black males and let's put Brianna Taylor in there, unarmed black males and Brianna shot by the police in the United States of America. Not one time do I hear uh, the White House really come down on this. And I know this gets me really fucking sick. I know for a fact fraternities mean everything to the members of fraternities. Those are their brotherhoods. So these fraternal orders of police officers around the nation. I understand it would be very hard for any of them to come down on what they consider a brother. But if your brother in real life did some shitty stuff, you have to call him on it. I have not heard one police department. I have not heard any group of cops. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't give a damn if they're the 100 black cops of New York or anything like that. Come down on anybody about any of these situations. And until they can police themselves, we are in trouble, fellas. Who's policing the police? Yes, we, we're in big trouble. policing the police. And nobody yeah. in a higher authority is saying anything about it. Yeah, because all they keep doing is just defending the indefensible at, to, for the greater institution, as opposed to just saying... Yeah. You know what? It's 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 whatever city you're in. If it's fifteen thousand cops, everybody's not going to walk to the same beat. If you do wrong, we have rules. We have to, you know, the public has to follow the rules, and we're no different. We have to follow the rules too. But for some reason, it's that reluctance, especially when it hits the national media, where they, where they will um, punish, discipline, and fire people because we will all get fired if we was doing something that was Outside of our job description on the jobs we work, you your ass would be fired. You would be Let no different. No accountability. Right, zero accountability. accountability at all. Let me take both of you to a twilight zone. And in this twilight zone, we do not have mass social media. The internet is an infant. We're in the same world, but the infant, the internet is an infant. These crimes are happening. My goodness, could you imagine under this administration how much more would be going on? Right. Saying there's no viral videos. No fucking viral videos. This now that you just say these cops say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just roll them into a ditch. Yep. You they, know? they even have video footage of the in that town where Blake was murdered, the police chief said that some people you can't save. You need to warehouse them all and just leave them here forever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you know what? If you're talking about a certain type of person and not a group, I understand it. If you're talking about pedophile, serial pedophile child molesters, yeah, I don't give a fuck where you warehouse them forever. There's no redeeming value. 
But if you're talking about just a group of people and, you know, in that group of people, you got ministers, doctors, lawyers, college students, professors, thugs. You got anything and everything that makes up that group. We're not all guilty of any one crime other than our crime is our skin. And that shouldn't be a fucking crime. We sacrifice a lot for America. We help this fucking thing go round, dude. When you took your ass to work every day, you were a part of the system. You helped that system. Ned goes to work every day. He's a part of the system that helps keep this shit floating. I was a part of the system that kept this thing moving. We're not anti-society. This is not a podcast with three thugs who spend 45 years in the fucking penitentiary. We're working folks. Taxpayers. Fathers and husbands. We're normal people. The only thing that separates us from Billy is the color of our fucking skin. And, and you know, we might like seasoning, and he ain't got no fucking seasoning at home. You know, I just wanted to add a joke in there. <laughs> so, we have uh, this douchebag, Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old wannabe Batman, uh, Bernie Getz. Uh, he uh, kills two people. He shoots another person. But at least they finally charged the little bastard with, um, you know, intentional homicide. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to try his way out of this with the film, getting hit in the head with the skateboard. But you know what? I think he had already let go of a shot or two before then. So, Right. He I did. Mean, that guy was coming to just trying to stop him. This dude drove over state lines, drove over state lines from Illinois into Wisconsin with an automatic weapon, 17 years old. What was he doing but looking for trouble? And then for the police exactly. to throw him water and basically get up, I mean, let him get to his car and leave? That's fucking insane. And no one has called him a thug yet. No, why would? Listen, right. you talking about a thug? You know what Ann Coulter said yesterday? She yep. wants him to be her president. Yep. She wants him to wow. be her president. But... Nikki Haley, America's not racist. And let's not forget this. He shot white guys. Two. Those, those are yeah. the two he killed. Okay. So it's not even just about race. It's about anarchy versus the system. So anything that doesn't like this system is considered an anarchist. If you don't dig the disorder and chaos that is going on in America... You were anti-American. Isn't that backwards? So, and that right there is amazing. I can't believe I, you know, had to see it for my eyes. I was actually having a debate with a guy. It's with that. He was defending himself. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He was defending himself. He would have no reason to so-called defend himself if he wasn't there. He crossed state lines full. What what are you not hearing? He was from Illinois, not Wisconsin. He comes there. So now you're bringing your your underage. You're bringing an illegal firearm to a state you're not even from. You're not even from there. And we've lost, not us, 
I let me let me backtrack. This country has lost all dignity and respect for a thing that this country has been built on for over a hundred years. It's called peaceful protest. There are a lot of peaceful protesters out there, and you have agitators who are stirring shit up. Nobody's pointing the finger at the agitator. See, a kid with a fucking AR is an agitator. What is he doing? If I'm sitting there with a paper sign that says something like equality or Black Lives Matter, am I the threat or the dude with the rifle the threat? Why am I the threat? Why am I going to be the one tear gas like they did in Washington last night? Hmm. You know, you can't even fucking peaceful. We we saw out of order. You can't peaceful protest at the White House. No. Yes, you can. But we have no order. When you got people like Ann Coulter who, who could pick up the phone any minute and call Orange. And she is bigging up people like this kid. Uh, and let's not forget Tucker Carlson, too. Tucker Carlson yes, goes on Fox and says, this kid is bringing order. He murdered yes. people. Oh, my God. And that's what you call bringing order? Yeah, but the story would have been totally different if instead of, uh, if it was a guy that looked like me walking down the street. It, I bet I wouldn't have been bringing order. No, no, and you And I probably would have been lit up by the cops. I'm pretty sure the cops wouldn't have passed me by like that. I mean, listen. Exactly. Let's think about but there was a Ku Klux Klan meeting and rally, and you're there, and you and you happen to be walking past the police with your hands up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Come to think about this, you just brought it up. Hands up. You got a, a deputy in California. And this might have happened about a week ago. Dude seen the cops stop, so he directly stops in the middle of the street. He throws his hands behind the back of his head. What does the deputy do? He jumps and kicks him in the back. I mean, this is the lack of respect of that how we treat it. And then come to find out, he lies about a warrant that he has for a man who's walking through the street, and he's the wrong dude to begin with. So this man gets kicked oh, in the alike. back of his Yeah, he gets kicked like a dog. Matter of fact. America, uh, uh, you know what? I got some people who listen from other countries. Here's a funny fact for you people. And it's sad. America loves their fucking pets. They love their pets. They will kill you for fucking with pets. You will go to prison for harming pets in America. But they're black people. They got a problem with us. Police to protect and serve kicks a dude with his hands behind his neck. Actually, I thought that when you comply, the, the, the threat of violence is supposed to end. It seems like yes. that's when it escalates. You're compliant. Okay, damn, he's compliant, so let's really fuck him up. You yeah, because your adrenaline is, you're a professional, and your adrenaline is pumping, but it's over. There's no threat. There's no hmm. threat. Like, but they, you know, want to keep, you know, keep it going on, you know. Then we have, we have this other guy, right? He's in front of the Florida Capitol building in Tallahassee. And this was last, yesterday. You got peaceful protesters sitting out there. Once again, these are white guys with signs, but they just happen to say Black Lives Matter. And this white dude decides to go in his pocket. He pulls a pistol out and starts pointing at everybody's face. 
this is one of the times when the cops actually did the right thing. They detained his ass. They jumped on him, arrested him. But think about this. This dude felt comfortable enough that people are protesting. He just reaches in his pocket, pulls out his piece, and starts waving in everybody's face. You know? So we lost. And that we thing lost. in Wisconsin. Not the, that thing in Ooh, Wisconsin with the, the, the thing in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin with the militia has been going on for years now. I've seen a documentary on 60 Minutes about the militia groups in Wisconsin. It is, it's not a new thing. It's it's a building movement, you know, and, they're you know, these are people that and some of them are anti-government. Most of them are anti-government. Now they now they got a cause like to so-called help the government, you know, the police. Because when that boy was walking towards where he was, there were other militia people back there, citizens who came down to protect businesses who were insured. That, that was there. They're not even speaking on that. These people was already, they were already there behind the lines with the police. Like, we 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 a partnership. You don't engage, you know, give credibility and, you know, like you validating the civilian to help when you, you got the National Guards. You have other entities for this, not local citizens who have no, no, they don't, they just maybe, some of them know gun laws, some don't. Some may just act on emotion. Oh, you come in here and pop your ass. Unbelievable. Brother, here's going to be the major problem. Come November 3rd, if the vote goes the way it's supposed to go and Agent Orange gets voted out, these same people who are now on the same side with the law will turn on the law. They will then become the anarchists that they always wanted to be because then they'll blame all the ills on whoever, Joe, like they wanted to blame Obama because for some reason this guy, he makes them emboldened. He, something about his rhetoric touches a nerve, and I don't understand it because I would give the devil his due. And the devil is usually charismatic. Donald J. Trump is the least charismatic, the least intelligent guy I've ever seen lead anything. We've had some horrible men in this country, in this world, lead movements that have been vile. We don't need to name them. But you want to know one thing they usually all have in common? Charis- char- they're charismatic. This dude is not charismatic. They look at him, they see Rocky's body, which is amazing to me. How the fuck do you look at Donald Trump and see Rocky's body? They look at his lack of military career and they see General George Patton. I mean, they're so far gone, they see shit that don't even exist. They look at him, they see Brad Pitt. He's an old, ugly man. To them, he's Denzel fucking Washington. You know? I think they're more, they're intrigued by his lifestyle. I told you a couple months ago, I got into an argument with a dude online about Trump. And he's like, oh, Trump is great because he's a billionaire. Uh, he he was able to marry three of the world's most beautiful women. I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do with politics? Yeah, then shit, well, you know <laughs> what? Damn, man, be more jealous of fucking uh, Beatles or, or, or Musk or, or fucking uh, Jay-Z. Shit, you know, Jay-Z's got the woman that motherfucker been love. You know, he's got superstar Beyonce. He's Jay-Z. He got street cred and he's a billionaire. I mean, damn. 
Oh, we love somebody this week. Yeah, well, we live in a cult of personality. Cult of personality is bigger than it's ever been. And the, 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 the different versions of the internet don't hurt. It doesn't help. You know, so we finally lost somebody that I wish we would have lost day one. Kellyanne Conway decides to bow out because I guess her daughter is flipping out. And her and her husband said they're going to not be political for a while. This will just last for five minutes, and she'll be right back into the mix. But I don't even know how that, how that relationship works out because he's like a non-Trump supporter. She's a Trump supporter. I'm like, yo, you would think they would come home fighting all the time. How do you leave that at the door? You know what? <laughs> I'm, I, you know what? I, buy, I, I, I read through that bullshit. He's an anti-Trump guy. She's super Trump woman. She's more Trump than Ivanka, right? But here's the the bottom line. Him being anti-Trump pays. Her being pro-Trump pays. Think about it. She's had best-selling books. She can go on speaking engage. I mean, they all rolling in the dough. So it's all the same bullshit. And besides, Kellyanne Conway don't influence me to do left nor right. So, you know. Yeah. And so people for the most part, the serious part of the show, thank God, is over. Have either one of you seen Lovecraft Country? Yes, uh, I tried yeah, I tried yesterday, but I, I dozed off twice, so I don't think I'm I don't think I'm gonna ch- check back in. I might have been tired, but we'll see. Uh episode two was was crazy. Episode one was crazy. Episode two was crazy. They got me. I'm I'm hooked. I'm a hundred percent hooked. Uh, I like shy, it too. Oh well, good for you. Uh, they hurt my feelings. They took you know. I can't even give anything away. So it's not one of those shows. But it seems like one thing I like about the show is whatever they're dealing with when they start. They ended at that episode for the most part, and they move on to a different vibe the next episode, which is kind of cool for me in a sci-fi world. The Shy closed out season three, and I'm going to give them credit for one thing. It's a black show. Predominantly, I'd say 98% of the cast is black, dealing with black issues, and for once, a black show went off for the season, and nobody got killed. I mean, that shit is like a rarity. If it's a black show involving black people, somebody shot, stabbed, or in a hospital on the last episode, this one, they didn't do that. So I thought it was kind of pleasant to actually leave a season happy. Have either one of y'all seen the new trailer for the mutants, the new mutants yet? No. No, I haven't seen that trailer. Okay, Aria Sparks is uh one of the new mutants and the uh the new mutants look very interesting i thought it was a good trailer only two minutes if you get a chance to see it check it out yeah i'll check it out did you see the trailer for um... batman trailer listen batman trailer has got me feeling a kind of way man i'm i'm i need to see that movie today I need to see that movie tonight. I think people owe Robert Pattinson a, uh, an apology because when he was first announced, oh my God, it was like burn the franchise down. 
But from Listen, the trailer, it looks like it's pretty good. If you you know what one thing I will say that they have done pretty smart with the different Batmans because we've had what like six of them now. Each one fits a different Batman. You know, like George Clooney couldn't be the dark, quiet Batman, and uh, Val Kilmer couldn't be the lighthearted Batman. So each Batman fits a different kind of because Batman. If you ever read a Batman book, and I know I talked about this last week, but Batman is a dark, mean, evil dude. He is not a nice man. And I don't think that anybody could dispute me that Batman is is a vigilante. That's his profession. He doesn't have to do this shit. He got money. He got chicks. He got every toy that you can imagine. But he likes kicking people's asses. He likes breaking backs. You know? So I had to do, I had to shop for a cell phone. And I'm probably not like you, Ned. I know you got probably a $1,500 cell phone. Right or wrong? <laughs> well, there's a reason why. I'm, I <laughs> I ended up switching companies, so they gave me the free phone. Okay, well, I'm with Verizon. I can't leave Verizon due to my wife's uh, service there. So she would feel like it's just a betrayal. But I had to get a new phone this week. My phone would not even charge anymore. And I, I got a, a Moto Z play no a moto z4 i fucking love the phone i mean the phone cost me 500 dollars, so it's not like i got a track phone for 22 dollars at some grocery store you know but I, I love this phone i love the way it feels uh the camera is more than adequate like 48 megapixels you know hd filming easy to uh move about i actually love this this stupid ass uh, phone and I'm happy to have a new phone you know so let's just take a quick break here guys before we start talking about some sports okay if you haven't heard about anchor it is the easiest way to make a podcast well let me explain it is free people they have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Strange Talk with Doc. We got Bones sitting in and we got Ned Boy sitting in and we're getting ready to talk about some sports. You know, sports got very political this week, dudes. Uh, We had the Mets and the Marlins walk off the field. A bunch of NBA games, uh, Major League Baseball games was postponed. Now, before I get to the NBA, because they're going to be the bulk of the sports, I think that they deserve the most credit when it comes to everything that happened with sports last week. But I just had to mention the the Mets and the Marlins, and I love those sisters from the WNBA, and I'm calling them the white girl sisters too. They have been in a fight since day one, man. WNBA chicks don't get the credit they deserve. 
I thought those bullet hole t-shirts, did you see those bullet hole t-shirts they were wearing? Yeah. No, I didn't see that. That's, wow, that's deep. That's pow- it was a powerful statement. The front, every lady on the front, it spelled Jacob Brooks going down the line. And when they kneeled and turned around so that they back went to the camera, they all had seven bullet holes in their T-shirt with blood dripping from them. Awesome wow. visual. Awesome visual. And I, like I said, I don't think that the women of the WNBA get the uh, respect for being in this struggle since day one. And they have, almost going back to Colin Kaepernick days, they have been fighting this one. So, you know, we knew that we had a, we missed some games this week, guys. Everybody walked out, and the first team to do it was the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So I tip my hat to the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought that they made yeah, a hell think, of a choice. I think it had to be with the Bucks. I mean, I know everybody would say trying to figure out what LeBron and Chris Paul was going to do, but I felt like it had to be the Bucks. I'm glad they made the decision being that they are in Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree with you. I also have to come down on him just a little bit. I don't like how initially LeBron handled this situation as though the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic had to answer to him first before they made any kind of decision. I thought that LeBron could have tipped his hat and said, Giannis, George Hill, you guys made a hell of a sacrifice. Because think about this. Before Orlando decided not to play, Milwaukee was just going to give a game away in the playoffs. They were just giving them a game. They were the first and only team. And then it became a a ripple effect. And then Orlando said, since they ain't playing, you know what? We're in solidarity. We with you guys. And then the rest of the games that night were later canceled. But LeBron was like, somebody beat me to a social message punch, and I don't like it. And I didn't like that from him. He's usually on top of shit like this. But, okay, he blew it with China also. But he blew it with this one by giving Milwaukee Bucks any kind of grief. Because when they had the original vote, I don't know if y'all know this, the Clippers and the Lakers both were voting to leave the bubble because they felt slighted. And I thought that was job. They felt slighted by Milwaukee. Milwaukee was getting too much credit. And it was like, no, why we we're not getting credit. So, you know. When they but, when they decided to just uh leave the bubble, like we're not playing for the rest of the the season. That's it, we're done, we're going home. I was saying to myself, you know, I get what Milwaukee did, which was honorable and it would brought, you know, crazy attention to it. But when they said we're not playing for the rest of the you know, season the Lakers. I was like, well, first of all, you made a, you you made a contract to play one. But the biggest thing is this. You know, what does the NBA supposed to do? You know, because the NBA is not they're not hiring any police force. They don't have a police force. The only thing they could just do is say we support you, give money to the courses. So that right there was like. You you playing yourself now because you're putting yourself in a big hole because your employer has nothing to do with that part. Yeah, and I think I think the the NBA and the owners of the WNBA have been very supportive of their players through all of this. Uh, 
we can go back a couple of years ago to all-star games where they were allowed to make statements like all-star games and SB awards and nobody ever came down on them. So I think that they had to work fairly with the owners of the NBA. And it was just the Lakers and the Clippers were up in their feelings. And when wiser heads prevail, like when Jordan and them stepped in and said, come on guys, you got to think about what you're doing here. Cause you're looking bad. First of all, you get to draw all this attention to the subject. And let's not, here's one thing as black people, we cannot do. We can't cut off our nose to spite our face. We can't act like George Floyd was ground zero. This shit has been going on for 400 years and we move on. Jacob Blake goes on. There are five more Jacob Blakes we don't know about. We move on. I'm not saying we don't bring attention to it, but we don't shut down. As black people, we don't shut down, man. We don't quit. We go through the shit. And we march through the shit and we try to find our way to the other side. That's how we do. And that's why I like what um Draymond Green has said. He would have voted to even he was a player. They, they they could continue playing so they could utilize the NBA platform as a whole to get the message out rather than do it individually on social media. Well, yeah, which is what they're doing. But you wanna know something that makes kind of sense to me? I understand this 100%, and I'm going to back all the players. Even the the Lakers and the Clippers, when they initially said they wanted to leave, this was a everybody jointly, Major League Baseball, soccer, basketball, they needed a mental health day or two, and that's what they got out of this. They got to say something, but they need – think about it. It's mentally drained. This shit – I don't know about you, Nat. I don't know about you, Bones. Doc is drained. I am fucking mentally drained. I don't usually even post shit like this. But I posted this the other day. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, America, you need every drop of blood from every single black man drained out on the fucking streets to be happy? I mean, is that what you want from us? And that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling, for the first time I look at my country, I always felt some form of hope. I always felt that I could do this. I could buy that. I could climb some kind of ladder. Now, I feel like this is a fucking hopeless situation here. These motherfuckers hate us at a, a level that we don't even know that they hate us. So, you know what? Not only did they need a mental health break, me not being distracted by them playing for two days gave me a chance to reflect on some things. So I appreciated it all because it be it went from sports talk to political conversation, and and I had no problem with it, especially since it was right during the heart of the RNC convention. So I was like, for them to sit there and totally ignore what's going on with black constituents in this country just let you know what the Republicans are all about. So I was like, oh, okay, good, good for you. Oh, and I want to also tip my hat to Mr. Kenny Smith for walking off the set with solidarity, you know, with the players. That was just him being frustrated and angry, and I understand. 
understand. I mean, I thought Shaq was a little petty. Oh, Kenny, we all we all in it together. Well, you know what? Kenny decided he couldn't be there. Let him have that. Let him have that moment. I didn't think he was grandstanding. I thought he was truthfully feeling how he's feeling. I'm tired of seeing young black men on fucking TV crying. I, I, I really am. I'm fed up with it. I don't want. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. And I look at my phone. Sometimes I'm scared to look at my fucking phone in the morning. I go, oh, man, what is it going to be today? You know? And here's one, guys. I don't even know what to do. And I don't. you really can't help me because I don't really need your help. My Cowboys have been such an embarrassment to me. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys that I have now officially for the fourth time so I guess I'm confirming a conf- confirmation to a confirmation to a confirmation that I no longer can be a Cowboy fan. I have no football team. I have no home. For the first no, time no, in my no. life, I have no, no, do not offer me some shitty Giants or some bullshit things. Don't do it. Don't do it. I am just going for the first time in my life watch football. Man, I'm sick. I, I my wife laughs at me. She says, come on, baby, become a giant fan. I was like, I can't be a giant fan. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? No Cowboy players will speak up during this whole thing. Jerry with this compromise, he wants the players to compromise. This is the sickest shit to me. He don't mind they kneel, but they better kneel before the anthem and not during an anthem. Uh, so, you know what? And then for nobody to say, Jerry, come on, man, you're wrong, buddy. Give us a break. Fuck the Cowboys, man. As a black man in what America. Would he do? I... What would he do if Dak and Ezekiel took a knee? Okay. Zeke you're not going to suspend your, your... You're not going to suspend your, your, your best players. Okay. Ezekiel might flip out and do it. Zach, Dak has already made it clear. Do you know that Dak is using the shitty narrative of disrespecting the flag when it comes to the knee? That's his position on it. It's disrespecting the... So he's he's actually taking the Trumpian stance. And see, that's why I'm disgusted I can't be a Cowboy fan. We all know, everybody of any limited intelligence knows that kneeling is not about the flag or the military. Dak Prescott who's half black and half white, is making the narrative, I can't disrespect the flag or the military. So when you got... And he should get the same treatment Bruji, Bruji, Drew Brees got when he said that. Yeah, but he's actually... This dude is holding on to the sentiment. This is, And I'm like, come on, man. We've all know. It's been said for three years, you know, Goodell with his bullshit, we should have listened to Kaepernick. You know what? I'm not buying into that. I think that's week two. We should listen to Colin Kaepernick. Listen, you, you know what? It was a silent protest. Sure, you should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't hurt nobody. He didn't rape nobody's daughter. He's not a drug addict. He didn't embarrass the league. He was making a point, and he comes off looking a thousand percent correct. But you know what? The Cowboys are. You know what? They can go kiss my butt, as far as I'm concerned. And the shitty part is I just bought new golf heads and one of them's a damn cowboy one. I paid good money for that. I don't 
I don't even know if I want to put that on my golf club. You know? So, Washington oh, football team. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You know what? <laughs> I, can't, I can't pull a weak-ass move like the Golden State Warriors and start being a Chiefs fan. I, my <laughs> wife laughs at me. My wife laughs at me. I said I was thinking about Minnesota, but I don't know. You know what? I got to see how this how this fits in. I can't root for anybody from the NFC East. So that eliminates Philly, the Giants, and that Washington team with this fucking um, sexual misconduct owner. I mean, 25 more women came out about him this week. That 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 is just a wacky situation there. You know? I don't even know what to make of the uh, Washington football team, but they need to clean the house over there bad. UFC had a good car last night. I'm going to watch that later today. I got golf later today. Man, I got a good one. Golf, basketball, and UFC. Man, I am in heaven. Listen, man. Uh, I, you I wait, are you talking about UFC fight that happened yesterday? Yes. Watch the watch the at least the main event of the pre-show. Listen, I watched the whole kit and caboodle, the everything. Okay. So I will be watching the pre-show, the prelims, and the main event. And this, for people that don't know, this was the UFC Fight Night: Smith versus Ratkin. Uh, Robbie Lawler is fighting Neil Magny on that card, and my boy Bruce Leroy, who I've already seen, has cut his hair, is on that card. So the defensive player of the year is Giannis, guys. I'm not shocked. Yeah, I'm not shocked about that. Now, here's one. Here's a big one for me before we pick these NFL games and get the hell out of here. There's a lot of rumors coming out, and I get so excited about this, I could scream, of Greg Popovich maybe becoming the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I have been a Spurs fan for 27 years or something like that, I will leave the Spurs if Greg Popovich becomes the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and I will devote my loyalty to my hometown, Brooklyn, New York, in a heartbeat. I will. That's the only time in life that I will be that disloyal. I will do that. That might be the Golden State move, man. Again, KD back next year. Listen. I want pop in Brooklyn. I mean, think about it. It's, two to, it's like two things. It's taking, it's taking one of your favorite guys and a place you love and throw them together. I mean, we're talking perfect pizza here. This is a pizza with pepperoni and uh, mushrooms, as far as I'm concerned. Um, see, but I don't know if pop, I don't know if pop will leave San Antonio. He's so loyal. But I am dying for him to do it, man. I am dying for him to do it. Come on, man. Make me a net fan. I already own that shit. Unfortunately, I don't know I why, because it's Brooklyn. I own net stuff. Man, he would, so that he would be... I wonder... He ain't going to leave San Antonio. He's a fixture there. <laughs> you think if he knows that he'll elevate someone else in San Antonio? I really think there's a lot... I've been... It seems like there's been a debate about that woman becoming head coach. No, you know who's job name. that I is. I can't think of the name. So Duncan? Uh, Duncan is the assistant. Duncan becomes the head coach. 
he does have a female assistant coach, and it's not coming to me right now, and I know it's not Sue Bird, and I'm, I should be ashamed, but she played in the WNBA. She was a great player. But Becky Tim Hammond. Duncan. Is it Becky Hammond? Yeah, Becky Hammond. Yes. Tim Duncan becomes the head coach, and he, Tim Duncan is already a guarantee to become the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Let's not forget, Pop is 71. Pop might say, you know what? I'm not going to ever get a chance to coach a KD and a Kyrie again. So, you know what? Maybe one year, two years in Brooklyn. I mean, shit, I'll take it in a heartbeat, man. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Because we don't, it's still a mystery. We don't know how healthy KD is going to be. If he is as healthy as Persingas, then they'll get back a lot. You know, because Persingas has not been bad, even though he, I think he's been dinged up enough where he hasn't played like the last game or so. Motherfucker just tore his meniscus. He's out. Who, who Persingas? Yeah, yeah. Persingas is out for the series. I did not know that. I mean, damn, I, I just thought he was injured. I mean, like, uh, hurt. Hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you now, man. Last week, we did the show. I watched the Clippers play the Mavericks, and that was one hell of a game. And they play again today. And the Clippers are up 3-2. Do you think that the Mavs will win and force a game seven, or does the series end today? It ends today. No no Pazingas. You need Lucas to drop 50 or more. You need a triple-double and drop 50. Okay, well, last week... Okay, where did you go? It sounded like you left the room and uh, your, your speaker phone is like oh, you hear me now? three blocks away. You hear me now? Yes, I can. Oh, uh, Luca put on a show last Sunday that was phenomenal. That was some hell of a game. I'm hoping for, if I get three quarters of that, and I don't care who wins, but I think the Clippers closed them out. I agree. We got the Jazz up 3-2 over the Nuggets. And they play today. Does this go to seven, or do the Jazz close this out? I'm I'm hoping that goes seven. I I, I want to change my. I think the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets is a better fit than the Jazz for um, the Clippers. Hmm. Okay, we also have game one today. Bones, what do you think? Jazz or Nuggets? Um, seven games. Okay, so you're saying that we'll the, uh, the nuggets. nuggets will win. Okay. Yep. We we kick off what I think should be a great series. Toronto versus Boston, game one, also today. This should be the early game, one o'clock. Toronto I like the Raptors. The, I think the Toronto go sneak into the, um, the, the Eastern Conference Finals and may end up going to the Finals. I think they're the most disrespected team out of all the teams still playing today. Toronto Raptors are solid, solid, veteran, grown men. They play good team basketball. If Lowry does not have some kind of ding, he's always injured. I I see them beating Milwaukee. So 
I, I like the Raptors. However, if, if, if that happens, if Toronto beats Milwaukee, you got to break. You got to you got to ship um, Middleton somewhere else. They, obviously, this experiment ain't working. If Toronto beats Milwaukee, they can't keep Middleton. They have to figure either break the team up, let the Greek freak go. I think he's eligible to leave. Um, yeah, they can't. If they lose to the Raptors, if they don't make the finals, it's a bust year for them. Well, actually, to tell you the truth. If Giannis decides to leave and he loses his complete mind and he decides to go to San Antonio, I stay home with the Spurs. <laughs> but, you know, a man can dream, right? A man can fantasize if he wants to fantasize a little bit. It's like me saying, okay, come to the Bulls. That would never fucking happen. We can't get up. You think yeah. they can break up Philly? Yeah, see, that means we... Yeah, Philly has to be Yeah, you lost the coach. It's time to do something. Now, I also had said this last week, and I can't come off as a fraud. If Embiid decides to come to San Antonio, I'm sticking with my Spurs. But nobody in the history of basketball has ever wanted to come to San Antonio. Nobody. It's like, think about it. Nobody in the history of basketball ever wanted to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. If you don't get drafted by them, it's not a place that you want to go. You know, I'm not mistaken, those silly big three all got new contracts, right? So any way that they break it up, it has to be a trade. Yes, they, and, uh, matter of fact, uh, Tobias Harris is making thirty-four million dollars a year. Tobias Harris, a guy who I don't even know if he makes the All-Star team. So damn, <laughs> they got paid. Now, I, I this is maybe not for you guys. I'm gonna make this real brief. This is kind of shocking. I listened to Katy Perry's album, and I have to say, Katy Perry had some okay songs on that album, but she had some damn good music on that album. It's a song called Daisies, Resilient, Champagne Problems, What a Woman, What Makes a Woman. So I highly recommend Katy Perry's album. I have to say that I thought it was great. I don't know if I I ever expected those words to come from Doc's mouth, but okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I had to say it because uh, I had to give. I, I got to give the devil's due. Now Metallica and the San Francisco Symphony did a record called S and M Two. This shit is so epic, man. That I just wanted to do flips and cartwheels. And anybody you ever seen me, you know I ain't the flip and cartwheel built guy. But an orchestra with a heavy metal band was just epic. I mean, this was epic. So I really loved it. Yeah, this was, a matter of fact, I went to Katy Perry's website and I had to actually say, you know, I never been a fan of yours, but I got to reevaluate and thank you for, you know, making a great album. So, you know, I- If I'm not mistaken, I, I think she has the record for most number ones off a single album, which I think was her third studio album. Might be wrong. Okay, well, the name of this album is called Smile. And this was an yeah, album. I, I, I got it. She was basically telling people like, you know, you guys never thought I would get where I'm at. And not ha ha ha, which I appreciated. She was like, I believed in myself so much that I got here in spite of you. And sometimes you could say that to people. So I appreciate it. I did do a show yesterday that was all music. I finally got that one out of the way. And anybody that's interested, just go to my website. My website has updates. Matter of fact, this is for you guys, too. I keep a blog there. 
So if you ever want to know what we, if you ever want to know what we're going to be talking about, like a week out, like on the next show, I have the information in there. It might not be word for word, but like it'll give you some synopsis of what we, what I want to deal with, and what if something you want to drop a line in there, you can feel free to do so at any time. Just go to my website, go to the blog page, and you could in a comment say, you know what, such and such happened. Maybe we should discuss that. And I would appreciate it. But anybody out there, like I said, go check out my website. I'm not going to give you the address here, but anywhere that you listen to Strange Talk with Doc, the link to my website will be connected. I don't care what app you want, it will be connected. YouTube, it does not make a difference. And I want to thank you guys, unless y'all have anything. Oh, one last thing. Wrestling has been fantastic this week. I watched every form of pro wrestling that is known to man. AEW, NXT, Impact. I watched them all. I enjoyed them all. I want to say uh, I seen Rob Van Dam with some woman with an ass the size of like a tow truck. I think her name is Katie Forbes. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> this? I never heard of Katie Forbes before. I guess she's his real life girlfriend. I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, the females in wrestling have been working so hard that I think that men should not just eye candy, but the fact that they put it down and they make they it so entertaining. Note. What did you say? They should take note. The men should take note that how hard these women yeah. are working, especially doing this COVID shit. Yeah, it, I, I think they've been fantastic. And then uh, I will give them credit. My wife watched uh, Impact with me. And Impact has this guy named Sonny King, who is the most flamboyantly gay wrestler who has ever lived. I mean, we're not talking pretend gay. This is the gay guy that would be on Pose. Wait, you have to, to that means you haven't seen Sonny Kiss on that's, AEW. That's, that's what I'm talking about, Sonny oh, Kiss. Okay. Oh, Sonny Kiss. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so we watched Sonny Kiss this week, and we said, you know what, since he's so flamboyantly gay, you know what, they probably only tag him in and let him work for three seconds and then get him out. No, they let this guy work. My wife was sitting there just dying laughing. She was enjoying the shit out of it. She was like, look at this dude. Look at this guy. And I was like, you know what? Everything he does is feminine. Even when he hits, she was feminine. But you know what? AEW, I tip my hat. You have a transgender woman. And you have a over-the-top gay guy. Not pretending to be gay. There's no way that this guy is this good an actor. This guy has got to be real live gay. Yeah. You know? So if you got nothing else to do, you can roam back through your, um, what do you call it, on demand, on cable, and pick any one of the wrestling shows and waste two hours of your life because I think it'll be damn entertaining because they all were good. SmackDown, Raw, AEW, Impact, all of them were good this week. And NXT. So it's, that's a rarity for me to say, but I watched them all. There's no live television. Gentlemen, I am done. Uh, you got anything to close out with, Bones? Uh, yeah. Rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman. Wakanda forever. 
Yes, yes, Wakanda forever. What about you, uh, Mr. Netboy? I would say if you have time, look. if you don't have Quibi, look for a download called Free Race, hashtag Free Rayshawn. It's with Lawrence Fishburne. It's a pretty good movie, uh, movie. And you can check out the Locks album. It, I actually thought it was pretty good. Did not know the Locks had an album. See, that would be perfect stuff for the website because I could have listened to it and we could have reviewed it. But um, I put that in my mental note. The locks have all three members. Yeah, all three members. It's called Living Off Experience. How the hell did they pull that off? Because I thought that they could never really get together and do an album. But it's nice to know. Because this year, we got an album by... uh, Jada dropped an album... All three of them dropped single albums this year, you know. All three of them. As a matter of fact, I think I talked about every one of their albums on the show, so it'd be nice to hear them all together. So I appreciate that. That's good information. Very good information. I will listen to that, and I actually will review that on the show next week, for sure. Well, everybody, Netboy, Bones, man, I appreciate you guys calling in. I really do. Okay, brothers. Have a great week. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, fellas. Okay, stay safe, stay healthy. And everybody out there, I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every single time, peace to you and peace to yours.